Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Thank you for standing by. This is the conference operator. Welcome to the IM Gold First Quarter 2021 Operating and Financial Results conference call and webcast. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star then 1 on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. At this time, I would like to turn the conference over to Indy Gilpinathan, Vice President, Investor Relations and Corporate Communications for IM Gold. Please go ahead. Thank you very much, Ariel, and welcome everyone to the IM Gold First Quarter 2021 Operating and Financial Results Conference Call. Joining me today on the call are Gordon Stothert, President and Chief Executive Officer, Daniela Dimitrov, Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer, Craig McDougall, Executive Vice President Growth, Bruno Lemelin, Senior Vice President Operations and Projects, and Tim Bradburn, Senior Vice President General Counsel and Corporate Secretary. Our remarks on this call will include forward-looking statements. Please refer to the cautionary language regarding forward-looking information in our disclosure documents and be advised that the same cautionary language applies to our remarks during the call. During the call, non-GAAP measures will be referenced and we will direct you to review the reconciliations in our disclosures relating to these measures. With respect to the technical information to be discussed, please refer to the technical information and qualified person slide. The slides referenced on this call can be viewed on our website. I will now turn the call over to our President and CEO, Gordon Stothard. Well, thank you, Indy. Uh, good morning, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I hope everyone is is happy and healthy in these fun times. Um, I'd like to start by saying how pleased I am to introduce uh, Daniela Dimitrov as our new CFO. Uh, Daniela joined us at the end of March upon the retirement of uh, Carol, Bandici, Carol Banducci, who had been with IM Gold for almost 15 years. I'm sure that Daniela is well known to many of you, having been involved in our sector as a seasoned executive in the investment, corporate, and banking components of the mining industry at various times through her career. Uh, I'm very happy that she's agreed to join us, bringing her wide skill set to further enhance our strong executive and finance teams as we move forward through this exciting growth phase we're in. Uh, Now, let's get into our overview uh, of our first quarter of 2021. So at the corporate and strategic level, level, IM Gold generated $89.5 million in mindsight free cash flow during the period with adjusted earnings of $6 million or one cent per share. On our balance sheet at quarter end, we have $968 million in cash and approximately $1.5 billion in total liquidity, which fully funds our construction plans. For each of our sites, we have continued our proactive management of COVID-19 with rapid response and strict protocols some of which I will expand on in a moment. We continue our comprehensive community engagement programs, including 
funding the infrastructure improvement projects through the Roosevelt Community Fund in Suriname and starting the planning for phase two of the Burkina Faso Triangle Do project to bring much needed potable water to the communities around Essekan in northeastern Burkina. The board has amended its renewal and diversity policies, targeting the average tenure of the board to be 10 years or less and 30% or better female representation. As well, the policy has been adjusted to limit the board chair and each committee chair to a maximum tenure of 10 years in their respective roles. From an operations and growth perspective, we continue to execute our growth plan with Cote construction well underway and advancing rapidly and the project achieving 18% overall completion at quarter end. Overall completion is a composite metric taking into account progress on all aspects of the project, including engineering, procurement, fabrication, construction, and commissioning. At Essekan, we delivered strong operating performance and we have completed the CIL upgrade project. At Roosevelt, our first quarter of the year was impacted by heavy rain and camp capacity restrictions. However, we are expecting a much stronger second half with the completion of the camp expansion in Q2 and as we move past the rainy season. At Westwood, we continue to take a cautious approach, targeting a safe restart of the underground operations in the second half of the year following a decision point this quarter. In addition, we continue to advance our development pipeline by de-risking the Bodo Gold project, continuing delineation drilling at the Gosseland target near Cote, and advancing exploration work at targets, including at Nelligan and in the Bambuk district. Bruno and Craig will provide some additional color on all of this activity in a few minutes. IM Gold is committed to achieving high standards in environmental, social, and governance practices, which reflect our long-held zero-harm vision. In the first quarter, we committed to investing $950,000 in a four-year Giants of Africa program aimed at encouraging the development of youth through sports in Burkina Faso, Senegal, and Mali. We also joined a few of our like-minded peer companies in sponsorship of the Artemis Project, which aims to promote female business owners and entrepreneurs in the mining sector, including innovative and award-winning social and national, natural scientists. As mentioned earlier, we applied $400,000 in funding from the Roosevelt Community Fund towards solar LED streetlights for public security, electrification, and potable water supply in the communities around Roosevelt and Saramaca. And we continue our public-private partnership with Canada's government, the One Drop Foundation, and CoWater on the Triangle Do project by completing Phase 1, which provides potable water to 60,000 people near Essekan, and advancing Phase 2, which aims to bring potable water to an additional 75,000 people. We are humbled to receive recognition for our efforts, and we were recognized in the prestigious Corporate Knights 2021 Global 100 Sustainability Scorecard, where we have been ranked out of 116, uh, we've been ranked 10th out of 116 global mining companies reviewed, and among 8,000 global companies spanning various industries. IM Gold was recognized for a third consecutive year as part of Bloomberg's 2021 Gender Equality Index among 380 global companies across various industries that foster a more inclusive and equitable workplace. And we received the Mining Association of, Canada, of Canada's prestigious Towards Sustainable Mining, or TSM, Excellent Award in the environmental category for innovative recycling of plastic at Essican.
ESSICAN recognized in 2010 that there was a need to enhance its public plastic waste management, particularly as there were no recycling facilities in the region, which meant public waste had to be public and plastic waste had to be buried. Working with local uh, entrepreneurs, ESSICAN has been able has been able to recycle rather than bury plastic while supporting local businesses and creating jobs with over 65 tons recycled to date. On behalf of the whole company, I offer our congratulations to the ESSICAN team on their well-deserved recognition. COVID-19 health and safety protocols are embedded in our operations and projects. These protocols are continuously adapted and enhanced. And in the quarter, ESSICAN implemented additional measures, including thermal screening of all personnel and visitors entering the mine site and the Ouagadougou office. The 20-bed field hospital and medical confinement house established in Ouagadougou in 2020 remains available to accommodate any future COVID-19 cases. At Westwood, in addition to existing protocols, random antigen testing was implemented on site to further protect the workforce against COVID-19. And at Rosabelle, following the increase of COVID-19 cases in country, there was a temporary suspension of daily commuting by employees during the quarter, with off-site employees required to main at site during their shift cycle to enable mining capacity to increase the full site complement while respecting COVID-19 protocols and accommodating the workforce, Rosabelle added 150 beds to the camp in the first quarter with an additional 210 beds expected to be completed in the second quarter. And at Cote, in, in addition to existing protocols, a combination of PCR and antigen testing for all personnel and visitors entering the site has been established. Further, mandatory antigen testing at the Sudbury and Timmins bus terminals has been implemented to detect COVID-19 cases before there is an opportunity for contact as personnel board the bus. COVID-19 related community activities include financing the new Suriname Bureau of Public Health cooling system of the central laboratory which provides critical testing capacity for HIV, malaria, influenza, tuberculosis, and more recently, COVID-19. Funding was provided through the Rosabelle Community Fund and the Suriname Environmental and Mining Foundation, also known as SEMIF, and both of these entities are funded wholly or partly by Rosabelle. As well, I Am Gold contributed $250,000 to UNICEF to support the International ACT-A COVAX Emergency Vaccination Response Effort in West Africa. Now looking at our operating results, in the first quarter on a global basis, attributable production was 156,000 ounces. Total cash costs were $1,052 per ounce produced, and all in sustaining costs were $1,238 per ounce sold. In addition, Capital expenditures, including both sustaining and expansion expenditures at our operating sites, as well as capital spent at our construction and development projects, was just over $102 million in the quarter. We've included a few bar, bar, bar charts to provide a comparison of results over time. Attributable gold production was low compared to recent quarters due to the heavy rains and COVID-19 restrictions impacting Rosabelle, as well as Westwood's reliance on open pit feed following the cessation and suspension of underground activities. Total cash costs have increased in the quarter due to the lower production base. All-in sustaining costs were a bit lower in the quarter, primarily reflecting lower sustaining capital spend 
and operating capital expenditures were also relatively lower in the quarter due to lower capitalized stripping at Essican and impact of rainy season and COVID restrictions at Roosevelt. In the quarter, we made good progress in a number of areas while experienced some setbacks in others. At Essican, the mill optimization project was completed with expected improvement in hard rock ore processing capacity over the balance of the year. The site is working on optimization following the upgrade. At Rosabelle, we achieved approximately 85% of mining capacity by the end of the quarter with Saramaca non-critical path infrastructure work ongoing. At Westwood, we announced a couple of weeks ago that we have started recalling our underground employees for rehabilitation work underground and training in April. And we expect to make a decision this quarter on a second half restart of the mine. At the Cote construction project, we've commenced major earthworks ahead of our target schedule and continue to expand the construction camp. Bruno and I had an opportunity for a quick COVID safe visit to Cote a couple of weeks ago, and I'm very excited about the progress that I saw. We have continued to progress the access road construction and project infrastructure de-risking work at the Bodo project. And in exploration, resource delineation work continues at Gosselin, where we are targeting a maiden resource later this year. Finally, we have ongoing resource delineation work at Nelligan, the Ruam project and the Fail property in Quebec, at Dayaka in Mali, and, and the Carita Discovery in Guinea. I will now pass it over to Daniela to review our financial results. Thank you, Gord, and good morning, everyone. I'm very pleased to be joining IM Gold at such a transformational stage of the company. With my diverse background and experiences, I am confident I will add value. I look forward to working alongside the entire team to successfully drive the company to its next major milestone. One million plus ounce producer at all in sustaining costs of less than $1,000 per ounce by 2024. The following are key highlights of our first quarter financial results. We generated revenues of $297.4 million, down from the previous quarter due to lower sales and lower realized average gold price of $1,781 per ounce. Earnings were $19.5 million or $0.04 cents per share, and adjusted earnings were $6.2 million or $0.01 cent per share. We generated $89.5 million in mine site free cash flow, reflecting lower operating capex this quarter. In terms of our financial position, we ended the quarter with cash and equivalents of $967 million, benefiting from net VAT inflows of $36 million at Essacan and net proceeds of $36 million from our non-core royalty portfolio sale. We maintain a largely undrawn credit facility of $500 million, resulting in total available liquidity of approximately $1.5 billion at quarter end. In the quarter, we extended the term of $490 million available under the credit facility to January 31, 2025. Subsequent to quarter end, we entered into a new gold sale prepay arrangement for 50,000 ounces at, 15, at $17.53 per ounce and a cost of 4.44% per annum. We will receive a prepayment of $80.3 million in equal monthly payments in 2022, 
with the obligation to physically deliver such 50,000 ounces in equal monthly installments in 2024. This transaction effectively rolls one-third of our obligation to physically deliver 150,000 ounces under the 2019 prepay from 2022 to 2024 after COTE is in production. Looking forward, sales are expected to improve on stronger expected production in the second half of the year at Roosevelt and Westwood. Unit costs are expected to trend down in the second half of the year, driven by higher production and sales, potentially offset by some cost pressures on energy and supplies, along with continued strength in the Canadian dollar and euro. CapEx is expected to trend up for the balance of 2021, reflecting increased activity at our operating sites, Cote construction, and Boto de-risking. Taking a closer look at our cash flows in the quarter, cash inflows from operating activities reflect earnings after adjustments and before changes in non-cash working capital of $87.3 million, partially offset by $7.5 million in income tax paid. The inflow from working capital of $19.2 million benefited from cash received from the ESSACAN VAT refund, partially offset by the timing of payments of approximately $13 million. Net cash used in investing activities of $63 million reflects $102 million CapEx spend, partially offset by the cash received from the royalty sale. Please note that an additional $10.5 million was received from the sale in April as the final payment. Net cash used in financing activities of $14.2 million reflects payments for financing costs, leases, and loans, as well as dividends to minority interests. Our cash position was $970 million at quarter end, with net cash at $436 million and total available liquidity of almost $1.5 billion. Our senior notes mature in 2028. Our financial position, combined with mine site free cash flow, continuous improvement at our operations, and the disciplined management of our growth pipeline supports the transformation of IM Gold into a lower cost, higher margin, million ounce producer in a few years' time. I will now pass the call to Bruno to discuss the operations. Thank you, Daniela. I'm happy to report that we started the first quarter of the year with our safety performance metrics tracking better than target levels. Our DART and TRIFER rates were 0.46 and 0.67, respectively, per 200,000 work hours worked. We continue to implement several initiatives, including I Am Safe, the revamp health and safety management program to promote a safe work environment. I will now review operating performance at each site in turn. At ESSACAN, attributable gold production was 102,000 ounces for the quarter. Production reflected above planned grade due to complex ore, partially offset by lower gold recoveries on the same material. We have completed the mill optimization project with an anticipated 10% improvement in hard rock processing over the course of the year from an annualized 10.8 million tons to 11.7 million tons. This improvement in capacity is important as this mature site moves 
to greater volumes of transition in hard rock versus softer ore in the coming years. All in sustaining costs for the quarter was $1,061 per ounce sold, reflecting lower sustaining capital. Looking forward to the balance of the year, production remains on track relative to guidance, and we expect higher capital in the second half of the year due to the initiation of strategic pushbacks. At Rosebell, attributable gold production for the first quarter was 47,000 ounces impacted by lower grade stockpile feed and lower throughput caused by unusually heavy rains. At the Saramaca pit, we still experienced lower grade due to mining at the edges of the top of the deposit in some areas. The community bypass road, part of the Saramaca infrastructure program was completed in the quarter. Audience sustaining costs at Roswell were $1,450, reflecting lower sales on this lower production. With the ramp up of accommodation, which Gord's mentioned earlier, we expect to reach normal capacity in the second half of the year. To generate increased recoveries, we have started the engineering and procurement process for the adsorption, desorption, and recovery, or ADR, circuit continuous improvement project. At Saramaca, completion of the non-critical infrastructure work has been rescheduled, and the project is now planned for completion in the fourth quarter due to the lodging restrictions. Finally, we have been progressing negotiation on the collective labor agreement, and these efforts continue into the second quarter. Westwood produced 7,000 ounces in the first quarter 2021 with the mill processing Grand Duke open pit core while the underground remains on care and maintenance. The business continuity assessment is ongoing, including geotechnical engineering work. All in sustaining costs for the quarter were $1,187 per ounce sold, lower quarter over quarter due to lower sustaining capital level. In April, we announced the recall of underground employees for rehab work and training. A decision to restart the underground operations is under, under consideration in the second quarter, after which we would anticipate the restart at Westwood in the second half of 2021. The restart would target lower seismicity extraction zones, starting with the E-zone. We are advancing the file study to assess the potential of the asset in the Westwood's hub and spoke concept. Work on file includes further engineering and permitting. I will now provide an update on our construction project, Cote Gold. This slide highlights the key metrics that we believe make the Cote Gold project a tier one asset. Cote has 18 year mine life under the extended case, almost 500,000 ounce, 500, ounces per year of production in the first five years. Second quartile total cash costs with all in sustaining costs of $770 per ounce sold. And Cote is located in mining friendly Ontario with access to experienced labor and close proximity to key infrastructure. The first quarter was a busy one at Cote. I will start with a few key metrics. As of March 31st, detail engineering for Cote has advanced to approximately 83% complete. We are at 18% project completion. Procurement and expediting of major equipment contracts are progressing with the contract for the mining fleet being awarded in the first quarter. 
securing pricing of major items as part of early works has helped mitigate pricing pressure. However, we, we remain cautious given recent copper and steel price movement. The project incurred $67 million in the quarter and $143 million since July 1st, 2020. In the first quarter, the team started major earthworks ahead of the milestone schedule and focused on road widening and overburden stripping. We commenced water management infrastructure for the tailings management facility, and we set up temporary camps with the construction of permanent camp underway. From a health and safety perspective to date, we have not experienced any impact to schedule due to COVID-19. For the balance of the year, we will focus on earthworks construction, whole road construction, initial open pit pre-stripping, and water management infrastructure around the pit. We aim to commission a portion of the permanent camp in the second quarter and fully commission the final camp in the third quarter. Civil works are also underway at the plant site with concrete activities expected to start in the second quarter as planned. This slide summarizes our progress to date. We remain on track and we are working steadily to meet our time and cost targets. We look forward to providing you with our quarterly updates as we progress the project. I will now turn the call over to Craig to discuss development and exploration. Thank you. Thanks, Bruno, and good morning, everyone. Before I begin, please note that the results I talk about today have been previously disclosed in accordance with securities regulations and signed off by qualified persons within the company reporting them. In the quarter, our brownfield exploration work included at Essican, an air core drilling and sampling program to help screen a large sand covered area, which we refer to as GEM, for potential targets located northwest of the Essican operation and within trucking distance. Results will be used to guide a planned follow-up drilling program expected to commence in the second half of the year. At Roosevelt, the team completed approximately 13,300 meters of diamond and RC drilling with a focus on resource development and conversion at our known deposits, as well as targeting selected high-priority targets within our exploration concession. At Westwood, Surface drilling focused on upgrading inferred resources at the Grand Duke satellite pit, with underground drilling focused on supporting the potential restart of underground mining operations. Greenfield exploration in the quarter included the reporting of assay results from the Goslin zone at the Cote Gold project from an ongoing delineation drilling program, which will support an initial resource estimate expected in the second half of the year. The commencement of a further round of drilling at the Lac Gamble Zone at a Rouen Gold Project in Quebec to also support a future maiden resource estimate, as well as the reporting of assay results from a drilling program completed at the Astoria Zone. And we initiated infill drilling at the Diaka deposit in Mali, which is located south of the Bodo Gold development project. Exploration spend in the quarter was $10.4 million, split roughly evenly between brownfield and greenfield programs. On this slide, you can see a few assay results reported during the quarter at the Goslin zone, where drilling continues to intersect wide zones of mineralization with locally high grades. 
Over the balance of the year, the Greenfield Exploration Budget for the Cote District is $2.8 million, reflecting approximately 13 to 16,000 meters of planned diamond drilling, which includes 12 to 14,000 meters of delineation drilling on the Goslin zone itself. As noted earlier, we are targeting a maiden resource for Goslin in the second half of the year. At the Bodo Gold Development Project in Senegal, we continue to make progress in de-risking the project. We have advanced the construction of year-round access roads and permanent camp construction with the award of a camp contract during the second quarter. Geotechnical and hydrogeological assessments are underway to refine the mine facilities and pit design. And plant detailed engineering has advanced to 75%. COVID-19 restrictions have eased somewhat since the first quarter, allowing work on site to progress with appropriate protocols in place. Our development capital guidance for the year reflects the early works package, which includes completion of the year-round access road and an airstrip, engineering for critical plant equipment, and the implementation of local sustainability programs. We've included a few pictures here of the access road, campsite, and bridge work on this slide. The Bodo Gold Project anchors the Bambuk District, where our exploration efforts have led to several additional discoveries, building on the resource potential of this part of the Senegal Mali Shear Zone. Infill drilling has commenced at the Diaka deposit in Mali with two diamond and one RC rig currently operating. The program is designed to upgrade additional inferred ounces, while at Karita in Guinea, a diamond drill rig is on site and will commence an initial delineation drilling program to support a future maiden resource estimate. We've, up, we've updated this slide to show not only industry reserve trends over the past few, few years, but also measured and indicated resource trends. The story, unsurprisingly, is, is the same. Our industry has been on a steady decline since 2012, which represents a significant challenge to maintain future production levels. Finally, as a bit of a recap, I will finish with our project pipeline. As I have said many times previously, competition for and access to quality exploration projects at acceptable entry costs remains challenging for the industry, and especially in the face of the current environment of bullish gold prices. At IM Gold, we believe that a balanced project pipeline, strategically advanced, is a fundamental asset for the future growth and viability of any mining company. As such, IM Gold has developed and continues to invest in a healthy pipeline of early to advanced greenfield exploration projects to support future growth, as well as support near-mine brownfield exploration programs with a view to extend the mine life and leverage our existing infrastructure. I will now pass the call over to, to Gord to conclude. Well, thank you, Craig. Um, so in the first quarter of 2021, the IM Gold team made good progress towards our operating and development goals. With the normalization of operations and continuous improvement, we expect to see better production levels and costs over the balance of the year and to continue to steadily advance our development projects and pipeline. We look forward to continuing our quarterly conversations with you on performance and cash generation from IM Gold's operating mines on construction progress at Cote and de-risking progress at Bodo as we realize our transformational growth strategy and our, our exploration and development pipeline news as we set the business up for the long run.
on an editorial note, I'd encourage everyone to get your vaccines as soon as you can if you haven't already done so. It's important for the safety of us all as we get the world restarted. So thank you to everyone for joining our call today. I will now pass the call back over to the operator and we'll be happy to answer a few questions. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then two. Our first question comes from Fahad Tariq of Credit Suisse. Please go ahead. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my two questions. Um, maybe first on Cote Gold and the, the spend for the rest of the year. You mentioned... I think you used the word cautious on some of the cost pressures you're seeing on copper and steel, uh, maybe even timber. Can, can you talk a little bit about, you know, the potential risk to, you know, the CapEx spend this year? Like how much higher could it be? How much has already been locked in uh, in contracts already? Uh, any color there would be helpful. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Uh, uh, thanks very much. So, look, um, we're, we're having a good hard look at, um, at all of our costs right now. We don't, see a, we don't see a significant vulnerability for this year or for the rest of the project. Um, however, you know, steel prices have moved up, um, concrete prices uh, as well, concrete supply prices. And there's, you know, there's some general inflation pressures on, on, on labor costs uh, for construction. So uh, we, we are over... Uh, currently over 50% of the total spend is already locked up in firm contracts. Um, some of those are, are unit price contracts or, so there, or, or cost plus contracts. So there is still some uh, exposure to inflation, but not, not huge. Um, I, I think as we move towards the end of this year, we're going to have a very, very clear picture of where the total cost spend is going to go. And we're comfortable um, that, uh, there, there's nothing coming at us that uh, provides too much concern for us uh, in terms of cost, other than than some some minor aspects of, of of what we're looking at. I guess the other thing I would add is, you know, 85% of the total costs at Cote are Canadian dollar based. Um, we have done um, quite a bit of hedging, and we do have a lot of Canadian dollars uh, in the bank. To, to support that, I think we're covered over 70% of our Canadian dollar exposure um, uh, for for 2021. 
However, you know, the, the Canadian dollar does continue to strengthen. We, we look at it uh, on a regular basis and, and we continue to monitor where it's at. Uh, and our expectation is that it's going to move a little bit more back in our favor as we head towards the end of the year um, and the economy start to shake out. Okay, great. And, and okay, that's helpful. And then maybe just switching gears on the labor agreement negotiations at both Rosabelle and Ethican. Any updates on how? Maybe it's too early for Ethican, but maybe how Rosabelle is proceeding. Any potential hurdles there? Look, Rosabelle is very near the end of the process. Um, we we have a presentation into the board. They are they are looking for ratification in the in the in the in the coming couple of weeks here. Uh, so we we do hope that the Rosabelle situation um, is is uh, uh, it will clear up here very very shortly. Uh, Essican um, is just entering into their process. It's I think they've been uh, it's two or three years since they they last negotiated. Uh, so that one uh, that one's still ahead of us. Uh, you know we we start. With all of these projects, we we start that work very early and 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 start the discussions to make sure uh, that we get alignment on on what the issues to be talked about are. Uh, but I'm 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 certainly hoping that uh, Rosabelle shakes out sooner rather than later. Okay, thank you. Our next question comes from Anita Sony of CIBC World Markets. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, my first question comes on that, Cote. Could you just um, give me an idea of when, when you're measuring the 18% completion, what basis are you using? Is it dollars or units of production? So the 18% of total project completion is it's a composite measure. So it incorporates um, a weighted average score between engineering, um, uh, procurement, Construction, uh, commissioning. Uh, I'm sorry, and fabrication. I missed fabrication. Um, so each of those components is weighted. Construction is by far the biggest uh, component, but it's not the only component. Uh, and uh, each of the metrics is measured un under a, a different KPI. So construction is based on construction spend. Uh, procurement is based on um, advancement towards the schedule. Uh, a uh, uh, procurement is is a weighted average uh, based on the value of contracts, but uh, sort of tied to the number of contracts uh, that get uh, to get negotiated and, and signed off. Engineering is based on hours, so each of, each of the components has a has a has a different weighting to it. Um, when we get into construction, like I said, it will tie quite closely to, to spend. Uh, that being said, I don't want to give anybody the impression that where we're at with the spend uh, versus advancement is, 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 uh, it can be extrapolated to final cost. Uh, the, uh, I guess what's a little different with Cote compared to some other projects is the fact that um, because engineering and procurement uh, was so far advanced compared to traditional project execution models uh, we are right now seeing a lot of a lot perhaps of additional value in that 18% metric because of that advancement in, in construction or sorry in in, uh, in in engineering and procurement 
versus a traditional project which uh, might follow a little more closely with with the uh, the spend timeline. Thanks. Uh, switching to some of the operations. So on Westwood, I, th I noticed you guys said you were focused on remediation and training. So does that mean that um, you know maybe uh, there's not as much focus um, on um, pulling ore and putting it through the mill in Q2? Um, well, with respect to Westwood, what we said, we, we want to get underground. There's some rehabilitation. There's some training. Uh, there's some new um, development protocols uh, that we want to put in place. Uh, right now, we're, we're, we're working internally to reach a decision on, on when to start uh, pulling ore. Um, and our, our guidance estimate uh, contemplates that that, that ore uh, production from underground will start relatively early in, in, in the second half. So we're not pulling ore right yet, but uh, it, it shouldn't be too, too long before we get there, uh, assuming, assuming we, we, we reach that go-ahead decision internally. So Grand Duke, it would be similar grades for next, for Q2? Uh, Bruno, could you help with that? Yes, Grand Duke is going to be similar, around one gram per ton. Also, what is interesting with Grandic is that we have increased uh, the amount of reserve. We have uh, more than 50,000 ounces uh, uh, additional um, than what when we first started the project. So Grandic is is going to be helping Westwood uh, to to complement its its production feed over the next uh, two years. Easy. Okay. And then my last question, I'll, and I'll leave it for um, others to ask, uh, is uh, Rosabelle. So a little, a little bit more detail on that one. So you had some rain in Q1. I, I'm looking at um, your um, my one of my weather maps and stuff, and and uh, Q2 is your traditional rainy season. So are we could we expect similar types of um, sort of softness in the in the throughput levels and in the grades? And I noticed, you know, the mill did well. It's, it seems like there was some stockpiles that you were pulling um, from. Uh, and so could you give us an idea of what the stockpile level is so that we can get an idea of, you know, where, where Q2 will shake out? Bruno? Yeah. Um, so, um, Anita, you're right. Uh, Rosebell uh, has experienced an unusual amount of seasonal rain. Usually it starts in Q2, but you have a, a smaller season in Q1. This year we had uh, twice the volume uh, um, as in, in the same period in 2020, so twice as much as what we usually get. Um, so uh, what happened is, is it, we were limited in terms of rock hauling capacity, so we were impacted also uh, in, in terms of production. The, the, also the material was um, uh, had a greater content in, in humidity. Um, so it, uh, we had to, to rely on uh, lower grade material from, from the, the stockpiles, as you mentioned. And uh, these, um, these stockpiles are at uh, uh, elevated numbers still um, uh, for the moment. I don't have the precise number, but it's, 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 uh, it's certain that as we are going to go through uh, H2, the reading season is going to subside. Also, we will have additional rooms um, to have the uh, uh, mining, to increase the mining capacity. Right now, with the COVID restriction, we have to limit okay, the, the number of people on site to favor social distancing. So with the additional of room 
and the seasonal rains that will subside in H2, we uh, we uh, forecast and we target a, 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 an increase uh, in production and also to have a better grade, mainly in Q4 with Saramaca coming strong as we will be uh, uh, at the um, at the other uh, areas of the deposit where we expect to uh, revert back toward uh, the average uh, reserve grade. Okay, thank you. Our next question comes from Tanya Jakosconek of Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Uh, yes, uh, good morning everyone. Thank you for taking my question. Um, just following off uh, Anita's questions just on, on the performance of some of these mines, um, just um, as I can, I mean, that was very high costs in, in Q1. Maybe, Bruno, can you talk us through what you're expecting cost-wise as we go through the rest of the year? Certainly. And, uh, um, sorry, sorry, Tanya. Um, yeah, we, we had um, some uh, cost increase due to the higher consumption of region, uh, due to the complexity of the material that we have in, three, in the Phase 3. The Phase 3 is a, is a wonderful material, very high-grade, higher than what we uh, forecasted, although that the recovery on some uh, of that um, complex ore requires more consumption of, of region. We also we were a bit impacted by higher energy uh, costs and also higher royalties due to the uh, higher realized gold price, um, as, as you know. So for, for the... Um, for the uh, the um, remaining of the uh, the year, we expect to uh, to remain within the, the guidance, and uh, also we had uh, some uh, maintenance activity to done in Q1, and those uh, uh, maintenance are going to be since they are done, they're not going to be uh, repeated in the coming quarter. So we expect to have. Uh, a cost profile that will uh, uh, revert back to to our our targeted planning. Um, that's for Wesakan. Okay, so just on Essican on its own, is it safe to assume then because of the um, uh, some of these maintenance and so forth that we would see a bit of relief in the cost structure for Essican going into the rest of the year? Yeah, I, look, again, it's going to depend on many parameters, as you know, Tanya, like uh, on, on how it's going to be, the, 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 the fuel price is going to be. Uh, also, if we can continue to hit uh, the higher grade material in phase three, which will also have some impact on our region. So we, we expect to have, um, again, a, a very good, a strong production uh, for SACAN in 2021. And overall, uh, a, a good, a good performance in terms of of cost. Uh, but again, that depends on the, on the variance of, of those input parameters. Okay, um, maybe just then overall as a company, um, you know what I'm getting from 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 the presentation, and, and maybe you know correct me if I'm wrong, is that um, Q2 overall is, appears as though it's going to be similar to Q1. Um, from a production standpoint, and then better second half of the year with a stronger Q4 because of Saramaca. Is that a correct way of looking at it? I, I think that's a pretty safe way of looking at it, uh, Tanya. 
we will see some rebound in Q2 from uh, uh, from a couple of the of things, but but overall, I think your assessment is pretty is pretty fair. Okay, and then maybe Gordon, now that I have you on, um, just a couple of things um, wanted to touch base on. Partly was the um, comment you made on you know inflationary pressures. You talked about the copper, the steel, concrete, but you also mentioned labor. Um, and labor is a big portion of, of the cost structure. Should we expect then from these labor agreements that your costs um, should go higher in the next few years? Should we be factoring in, and maybe you can share with us what your wage inflation that you're seeing looks like? Is it three to five percent, or am I off? Uh, I mean, your your numbers aren't bad. They're they're more or less certainly in U.S. dollars. They may even be a little bit high. Um, uh, I, I, I really can't share the exact numbers with you right now because we, we don't have everything signed up. But I will say that uh, when we've done our cost estimates uh, and our cost guidance, it's based on an assumption uh, of an increase, and we're within those assumptions currently. So the, the cost guidance you see for this year uh, is already incorporating uh, the higher labor costs. Um, when I said that earlier, I was specifically relating to, to construction labor costs for, for Cote. So it, it's an area we're keeping an eye on. Um, you know, there, there seems to be a little bit of, of, of COVID premium uh, in, in some of the estimates we're seeing. So we're, we're working hard to bring those down. But the remainder of the costs, uh, you know, as we move forward, you're going to see better production at, at Westwood and, and at uh, Rosabelle. Uh, in future years, which will more than over-dominate um, uh, any sort of cost inflation that we're seeing on labor side, for sure. Okay. Oh, that's good to hear. And then just lastly, um, I looked at on the slide of the catalyst, and um, I didn't see Westwood new mine plan. I thought we were supposed to get one this year. Um, where do we stand on that? Yeah, I mean, we we uh, assuming we get a positive decision to move ahead. Uh, our expectation is later this year we'll we'll certainly be putting out a, a mine plan for the for the for the for the next couple of years. We want to get um, a little bit of of empirical information uh, from the underground restart uh, on some of the uh, some of the the uh, the new. Uh, Development uh, uh, design we're putting in place. We want to we want to see what that looks like. Uh, we're also uh, you know looking at some some uh, a little bit more higher use of remote uh, equipment. Um, but later this year, your, our expectation is uh, towards the end of the year we'll be able to put out a, a, a multi at least a short term plan for the coming three to five years, and then uh, and then uh, revisit the overall LOM. Uh, um, after that. Okay, perfect. I'll leave it there to, to have someone else ask questions. Thank you. Thanks, Tanya. Once again, if you have a question, please press star, then 1. Our next question comes from Don McLean of Paradigm Capital. Please go ahead. Well, good morning, everyone, um, and thanks for taking my questions. Uh, I just wanted to start with Cote. Usually, um, the civil side of things is the the part that's hardest to gauge. How is that coming along, Gord and Bruno? Um, is you know is your earthworks and your construction civil 
coming along as expected so far? Um, yeah, generally the the civils are coming along as as expected. We've um, we have encountered less overburden and more rock um, in a in a few areas, uh, which has sort of changed the mix a little bit. But in terms of of actual progress, things are looking uh, really good. I mean, it's uh, as I said, uh, Bruno and I were up at site a couple of weeks ago and had a good look around. It's it's quite amazing. I mean, with with COVID, I hadn't been there in in about seven months, so which is a little weird for me. But it is what it is. Uh, yeah, overall, we're not getting really any surprises. The the uh, the uh, uh, the project is is more or less following the uh, the recipe that we laid out for ourselves, and and um, uh, we're pretty excited uh, about how it's how it's moving forward. Good, good. So you're not finding situations where the the mill footings have 30 feet of uh, extra loon shit, or no, better, you're into rock. It's actually the other way around. The the, the, the overburden rock was shallower. It, it, the overburden was shallower in most places uh, than we had anticipated. Good. And then, can you just touch on you or Bruno touch on this lease cost of 120 million versus 80 million? Give us some color on that. So uh, when we originally set the project, um, our, uh, our, our anticipation on what was available for lease uh, was just around the, um, uh, uh, just around the mining fleet. Um, as we've gotten into the project and as we went out to look for leasing support, um, we saw that there is opportunity to do some additional leasing uh, specifically with respect to camp uh, and and some some other pieces of equipment, um, and obviously uh, from a payback point of view, given how this project develops, uh, it's much better if 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 we can lease things and have those costs occur um, commensurate with when you know when that when that work is happening rather than having all the cost up front. So. Uh, we are looking at at leasing. It gives us we have some some pretty aggressive uh, opportunities to to do some additional leasing. So we continue to look at it, and that's what's what's buried into the into the the current estimate. And how does the say the the mining fleet cost for the lease compare to what you'd expected? Um, the total cost of the mining fleet. Um, we haven't ordered it all yet, but we certainly put the biggest order in here uh, last month. Um, and the costs um, are, I think, they're they're about one or two percent below what our our, our capital estimate was uh, on the mining fleet. So it's it's come in pretty much uh, dead on plan. That's great. Good, good to hear. Um, Saramaca, the grade wasn't uh, particularly stellar at all, um, and it was said because of the mine sequencing. Can we get a little bit more color on, you know, how the grades can improve over the over the year? And sure, I'll let ahead. I'll let Bruno I'll let Bruno answer that. Yes, hello Don. Uh, so right now, because we are at the very beginning of this uh, this project, we're mining at the very edge of the deposit on on top of the deposit in some areas. And uh, once we're going to get more at the heart of the deposit, you'll see uh, the grade to improve nicely and, and getting toward the average grade that we have in our block model. 
so right now we see um, um, that that grade to be lower uh, than the average grade um, for the the whole project. Uh, but in H2, that grade is going to improve nicely uh, above the one gram per ton easy, uh, and and then will help uh, Rosebell to increase its production even further for the, for the se second half of the year and mainly also in Q4. So it's an average uh, for the block model. Some some areas you, you will hit 0.8 gram per ton, other area you will hit two gram per ton. Uh, that's the, just the mine sequencing that we are right now to get access to the uh, richest uh, part of the uh, richest part of the, the, the zone of the of Saramaca as we speak. I yeah, I, I think the other thing I'd add, uh, Don, is uh, with respect to Saramaca, we are still we're, we're seeing positive reconciliation versus the, the block okay. model. So it really is Great. it is a sequencing issue in that uh, the highest elevation-wise areas uh, of Saramaca that we've, we're accessing first as we mine top-down are uh, more towards the southeast and lower-grade areas. But as we mine down... Uh, more to the northwest and and extend the the, the benches to the northwest, you are going to see uh, those higher grades coming at us. So that, that that's encouraging to hear that uh, you've got. Yeah, we know it's only a snapshot at the very beginning, yep. but at least it's starting off positive. The reconciliation. Um, then, um, Bruno, maybe you could just touch on security at Essacan. Yeah, security for Q1, uh, we had no event that impacted our production for, for us, the, the, the mine, uh, we are uh, good. The region also, there are uh, some um, activities done by uh, some uh, uh, stakeholders from country, the G5, the Barkan forces, and they are uh, always, uh, they, they keep having a focus in the region, in increasing security data and protocols. And, and also for us, that's what we do. We continue to monitor the situation as we speak, but so far it's, uh, it's very stable uh, for us at the second. Perfect, okay, thank you guys. Our next question comes from Mike Parkin of National Bank. Please go ahead. Hi guys, thanks for taking my question. Uh, just with Cote, can you give us an idea of for the steel work in terms of the mill framing and cladding, has that been ordered and is it is there any of it at risk of price adjusting uh, for you know, the inflationary pressures you're hearing and reading about on steel prices or are those prices largely locked in at this point? Um, most of the steel contract uh, for the building has been locked in, but there are uh, for the main mill building, for, for the, some of the other structures, they haven't been locked in yet. Okay, and then I guess same for like steel going into all the heavy equipment, like mills and stuff. Yeah, those are under yeah, that, fabrication already. Yeah, that the, the stuff for the mills and the and the mining equipment, uh, the steel, um, most of that has been resolved. Most of the most of the manufacturers of that of that larger stuff. Um, They'll 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 hedge their their uh, their supply costs at the time we place the order so that they're not exposed to to changes in the in the in the steel price. So uh, a lot of that is is there. Uh, where we're still outstanding is you know there's steel obviously there's rebar and concrete. Um, there's a number of other buildings and they're they're and 
you know, there's there's timber for for scaffolding and, and framing and, and uh forming and so there 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 are some other there are some other bits yet that we're waiting to come in. We're working through them now. Um we would expect to have almost everything locked up here certainly uh by the time we get into Q four this year. Okay. Super. All right. That everything else for me has been uh answered. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks, Mike. This concludes time allocated for questions on today's call. I'll now hand the call back over to Indy Gopinathan for any closing remarks. Thank you very much, Ariel. And thanks to everyone for joining us this morning and for your continued interest in I'm Gold. We look forward to having you join us again for our second quarter 2021 conference call in August. Goodbye. This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions. Promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.